Long History, Henry Hudson, Journey 3, Part 4, The Sweet Land of Massachusetts. How did New York's famous river the Hudson and Canada's vast Hudson Bay get their names? Find out all the details here about Henry Hudson's four historic journeys. Hello everyone and welcome to Long History. We like to give you the source documents of history and these are world famous events seen through the eyes of the people who were there. Henry Hudson's voyage here is just one of many journeys by famous explorers on Long History. We've covered many famous names now and world changing events, which include Magellan, Francis Drake, Sir Walter Raleigh and Columbus. We also have series on the early exploration of the United States and the Philippines, which adds up to a lot of major events and many minor historic curiosities. Now the document we're covering in our current series is Henry Hudson's diverse voyages and northern discoveries. As we said it contains four journeys, but now we're on to voyage three which is perhaps the most famous one. On this one initially he tried to find a northeast passage around Russia, but he gives up on this his second attempt to find a route via the northeast, and instead chooses to go to the northwest. And so far he's reached the coast of Newfoundland, headed down to Nova Scotia, and the title of this episode suggests where he reaches here. Altogether there are 25 parts to this series. Now every episode should stand on its own, and I think the events around this episode and the next few to come are perhaps the most key in Henry Hudson's voyages, so don't forget to subscribe to be informed of when those episodes are released. As the previous episode ended, Henry Hudson's third journey was well underway. On his previous two journeys, to the north and to the northeast, he only seemed to come across frozen seas, lots of walruses and no people at all. When he arrives in lands comprising today's United States however, he also begins to meet significant populations of people for the first time. The journeys until now have also been very cold, and as he heads southwards the temperatures at last begin to rise. So here we go with Henry Hudson, Journey 3, Part 4, The Sweet Land of Massachusetts. The 30th, very hot, all the forepart of the day calm, the wind at south-southeast, we steered away west-southwest and sounded many times and could find no ground at 170 fathoms. We found a great current and many overfalls. Our current had deceived us, for at noon we found our height to be 41 degrees 34 minutes, and the current had heaved us to the southward 14 leagues. At 8 of the clock at night I sounded and had ground in 52 fathoms. In the end of the midnight watch, we had 53 fathoms. This last observation is not to be trusted. The 1 and 30th, very thick and misty, all day, until 10 of the clock. At night, the wind came to the south, and southwest and south. We made our way west-northwest 19 leagues. We sounded many times and had difference of soundings, sometimes little stones and sometimes gross grey sand. 56, 54, 48, 47, 44, 46, 50 fathoms. And at 8 of the clock at night it fell calm and we had 50 fathoms. And at 10 of the clock we heard a great rut, 
like the rot of the shore. Then I sounded and found the former depths, and, mistrusting a current, seeing it so still that the ship made no way, I let the lead lie on the ground, and found a tide set to the south-west, and south-west and by west, so fast that I could hardly veer the line so fast, and the lead was so fast in the ground that I feared the line's breaking, and presently came an hurling current, or tide with overfalls, which cast our ship round and the lead was so fast in the ground that I feared the line's breaking, and we had no more but that. At midnight I sounded again, and we had seventy-five fathoms, and the strong stream had left us. The first of August, all the fore part of the day was misty, and at noon it cleared up. We found that our height was forty-one degrees forty-five minutes, and we had gone nineteen leagues. The afternoon was reasonable clear. We found a rustling tide or current with many overfalls to continue still, and our water to change colour and our sea to be very deep, for we found no ground in one hundred fathoms. The night was clear, and the wind came to the north and northeast. We steered west. The second, very fair weather and hot. From the morning till noon we had a gale of wind, but in the afternoon little wind. At noon I sounded and had 110 fathoms, and our height was 41 degrees 56 minutes, and we had run four and twenty leagues and a an half. At the sunsetting we observed the variation of the compass and found that it was come to his true place. At eight of the clock the gale increased, so we ran six leagues that watch, and had a very fair and clear night. The third, very hot weather. In the morning we had sight of the land and steered in with it, thinking to go to the northward of it. So we sent our shallop with five men to sound in by the shore, and they found it deep five fathoms within a bowshot of the shore. And they went on land and found goodly grapes and rose trees, and brought them aboard with them, at five of the clock in the evening. We had seven and twenty fathoms within two miles of the shore, and we found a flood come from the south-east, and an ebb from the north-west, with a very strong stream, and a great hurling and noises. At eight of the clock at night, the wind began to blow a fresh gale, and continued all night, but variable. Our sounding that we had to the land was 180, 74, 52, 46, 29, 27, 24, 19, sometimes ooze and sometimes grey sand. The fourth was very hot. We stood to the northwest two watches and one south in for the land and came to an anchor at the northern end of the headland and heard the voice of men call. Then we sent our boat on shore, thinking there had been some Christians left on the land. But we found them to be savages, which seemed very glad of our coming. So we brought one aboard with us, and gave him meat, and he did eat and drink with us. Our master gave him three or four glass buttons, and sent him on land with our shallop again and at our boats coming from the shore he leapt and danced and held up his hands, 
and pointed us to a river on the other side, for we had made signs that we came to fish there. The body of this headland lieth in 41 degrees 45 minutes. We set sail again after dinner, thinking to have got to the westward of this headland, but could not. So we bear up to the southward of it and made a southeast way. And the southern point did bear west at eight of the clock at night. Our soundings about the easter and northern part of this headland a league from the shore are these. At the easter side, 30, 27, 27, 24, 25, 20. The northeast point, 17 degrees 18 minutes and so deeper. The north end of this headland, hard by the shore, 30 fathoms. And three leagues off north northwest, 100 fathoms. At the southeast part, a league off, 15, 16, and 17 fathoms. The people have green tobacco and pipes, the bowls whereof are made of earth and the pipes of red copper. The land is very sweet. The fifth, all misty. At eight of the clock in the morning, we tacked about to the westward and stood in till four of the clock in the afternoon. At which time it cleared, and we had sight of the headland again five leagues from us. The southern point of it did bear west of us. And we sounded many times and had no ground. And at four of the clock we cast about, and at our staying we had seventy fathoms. We steered away south and south by east all night, and could get no ground at seventy and eighty fathoms. For we feared a great rift that lieth off the land, and steered away south and by east. The sixth, fair weather, but many times misting. We steered away south-southeast till eight of the clock in the morning. Then it cleared a little, and we cast about to the westward. Then we sounded and had thirty fathoms, gross sand, and were come to the riff. Then we kept our lead, and had quick shoulding from thirty, twenty-nine, twenty-seven, twenty-four, twenty-two, twenty and a half, twenty, twenty, nineteen, 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 eighteen, eighteen, seventeen, and so deeping again as proportionally as it shouldered. For we steered south and southeast till we came to twenty-six fathoms. Then we steered southwest, for so the tide doth set. By and by, it being calm, we tried by our lead, for you shall have sixteen or seventeen fathoms, and the next cast but seven or six fathoms. And farther to the westward, you shall have four or five foot water, and see rocks under you, and you shall see the land in the top. Upon this riff we had an observation, and found that it lieth in forty degrees ten minutes, and this is that headland which Captain Bartholomew Gosnell discovered in the year 1602 and called Cape Cod because of the store of codfish that he found thereabout. So we steered southwest three leagues and had twenty and twenty-four fathoms. Then we steered west two glasses, half a league, and came to fifteen fathoms. Then we steered off southeast four glasses, but could not get deep water for there the tide of ebb laid us on, 
and the stream did hurl so that it laid us so near the breach of a shoal that we were forced to anchor. So, at seven of the clock at night, we were at an anchor in ten fathoms. And I give God most hearty thanks. The least water we had was seven fathoms and an half. We rode still all night, and at the still water I sounded so far round about our ship as we could see a light, and had no less than eight, nine, ten, and eleven fathoms. The mist continued being very thick. The seventh, fair weather and hot, but misty. We rode still, hoping it would clear, but on the flood it fell calm and thick. So we rode still all day and all night. The flood cometh from the south-west, and riseth not above one fathom and an half in neap streams. Toward night it cleared, and I went with our shallop and sounded, and found no less water than eight fathoms to the south-east of us. But we saw to the north-west of us great breaches. The eight, fair and clear weather. In the morning, by six of the clock at slake water, we weighed, the wind at northeast, and set our foresail and main topsail, and got a mile over the flats. Then the tide of ebb came, so we anchored again till the flood came. Then we set sail again, and by the great mercy of God, we got clear of them by one of the clock this afternoon. And we had sight of the land from the west-northwest to the north-northwest. So we steered away south-southeast all night and had ground until the middle of the third watch. Then we had forty-five fathoms, white sand and little stones. So all our soundings are twenty, twenty, twenty-two, twenty-seven, thirty-two, forty-three, forty-three, forty-five. Then no ground in seventy fathoms. The ninth, very fair and hot weather, the wind a very stiff gale. In the morning, at four of the clock, our shallop came running up against our stern, and split in all her stem, so we were fain to cut her away. Then we took in our mainsail, and lay a try under our foresail, until twelve of the clock at midday. Then the wind eased to a fair gale, so we stood away south-west. Then we lay close by, on many courses, a south by west way, fifteen leagues. And three watches south-east by east, ten leagues. At eight of the clock at night, we took in our topsails, and went with a low sail, because we were in an unknown sea. At noon we observed, and found our height, to be thirty-eight degrees, thirty-nine minutes. The tenth in the morning, some rain and cloudy weather. The wind at south-west, we made our way south-east by east ten leagues. At noon we observed and found our height to be thirty-eight degrees, thirty-nine minutes. Then we tacked about to the westward, the wind being at south and by east, little wind. At four of the clock it fell calm, and we had two dolphins about our ship, and many small fishes. At eight of the clock at night we had a small lingering gale. All night we had a great sea out of the south-west, and another great sea out of the north-east. The eleventh, all the forepart of the day, fair weather, and very hot. We stood to the west-south-west till noon. 
then the wind shorted, and we could lie but southwest and by south. At noon we found our height to be 39 degrees 11 minutes, and that the current had laid us to the northward 32 minutes, contrary to our expectation. At four of the clock in the afternoon there came a mist, which endured two hours, but we had it fair and clear all night after. The compass varied the north point to the west one whole point. The twelfth, fair weather, the wind variable between the south-west and by south and the north, little wind. In the morning we killed an extraordinary fish, and stood to the westward all day and all night. At noon we found our height to be 38 degrees 13 minutes, and the observation the day before was not good. This noon we found the compass to vary from the north to the west 10 degrees. Now although Cape Cod is mentioned in this text, according to a footnote the Cape Cod mentioned isn't actually today's Cape Cod. There is a note in the source text that says that when Cape Cod is mentioned it is actually referring to Cape Malabar, with Cape Cod being 130 miles farther north than the point said to be Cape Cod here. From this point onwards in particular, there are notes in the source text which give much speculation about the places that Henry Hudson describes. For example, he states at one point, the body of this headland lieth in 41 degrees 45 minutes. And from that detail, there's a note in the text saying that it's suggested that this is Stage Harbour in Massachusetts. And just before I go, in case anyone missed it, the reason that this episode is titled The Sweet Land of Massachusetts is because there is a quotation at one point that says, the land is very sweet. It's a very short phrase in this text, so it's easy to miss. And the word Massachusetts isn't used here. So we're not 100% sure where Hudson is as we leave this episode. Perhaps he's in the Massachusetts area, or he could have reached Rhode Island. In the next episode, however, Henry Hudson makes a bit of a leap as he heads down the Atlantic coast as far as South Carolina. And that's before he heads back up and makes his famous explorations of the Hudson River. So please don't forget to subscribe to be informed of when those episodes are released. Before you move on, it would really help me if you liked this episode and share it with any like-minded people. Thank you for listening. This was Henry Hudson, Journey 3, Part 4, The Sweet Land of Massachusetts. Goodbye.